We are going to be in Psalm 103 uh, today. And, um, you know, some days, some days you just don't feel like it, right? Some days you just don't feel like it. I have some pictures. Uh, some days, you know, maybe uh, you, we see our kids, we ask them to clean up their rooms and, and they don't feel like it and we hear it, right? Uh, we, it's a visible expression. Or some days you just don't want to get out of bed, right? There are days in our lives when, when we just don't want to. We, don't, we have responsibilities and obligations. We have expectations that others have upon us. And we have goals, but sometimes we just don't feel like doing the things that we know that we should and that we know that we're supposed to. There's an old illustration that, um, uh, that I've heard many years, and it, it, it's made me laugh all the time. So uh, it, you guys probably won't find it funny uh, this morning. Uh, but So it's a Sunday morning, the alarm goes off, and the husband and wife are in bed, and, uh, and, and they kind of tell each other, we just don't want to go to church this morning. Uh, and, and so they lay there a little bit longer, and, and the husband says, do we have to go? I really don't want to go. And the wife kind of says, yes, we have to go. And he, he, he kind of mumbles and he, he complains and he says, but nobody likes me there. I don't, I don't really want to go. And, and, and she um, uncompassionately says, sorry, we're going. Uh, and he says, do we have to? You know, one last plead, one last beg. And she kind of looks at him and says, yes, you're the pastor. You have to go. You know, so some days, no matter who you are, some days you just don't feel like doing what you know that you're supposed to do, uh, regardless of, of the area of life that, that we find ourselves in. And so last week, we wrapped up a sermon series called Passion and Practice, and our goal was to say, how do we passionately pursue Christ in a lot of different areas in our lives, right? How do we passionately pursue Christ in our parenting and in our marriage and our careers and our uh, health and rest and hobbies and finances and through sports? Sports. And as lofty as that goal is, right, passionately pursuing Christ, that's who we want to be as Mount Calvary Churches. We want to be believers who are passionately pursuing Christ. Sometimes we're not passionate. Sometimes we don't feel like it. We don't want to do what God wants us to do. Sometimes God has to shake our, uh, has to has to kind of grab our shoulders and shake us and say, "Hey, do you, do you understand? You're supposed to go to Hungary, Alan. Do you get it? You know." Um, so what do we do? What do we do when we feel that way? So that's what we're going to look at in Psalm 103. Uh, and I'm going to pray real quick that God would bless His Word, uh, and then we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, God, you are good. Lord, you've shown your loving kindness to us even this morning. Lord, your goodness uh, and, and your faithfulness to us. Lord, I pray that you would bless your word. Lord, that you would use it to stir in our hearts and to guide us uh, into your will. Uh, God, I thank you for your patience and your grace and your mercy towards us. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So the message today is going to be very simple uh, out of Psalm 103. The first thing I want us to see is that we need to lead our hearts to worship. You need to lead your heart to worship. Psalm 103, verse 1 and 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. 
It says, in most, most of your Bibles will say it the, right below the title, Psalm 103, it'll say a Psalm of David. And so this, this Psalm is ascribed to David. Uh, David, we, we don't quite know the context behind what he's writing it about, but, but it feels like as you read the Psalm at the beginning uh, and at the end, he, he is commanding himself, right? He's commanding himself to bless the Lord. And so there's a sense, and many scholars agree, that, that he's discouraged. We don't know why. We don't know what's going on, uh, why he has a downcast spirit or he's in, he's in a position of discouragement. But, but he starts out this psalm in verse 1, and he's going to end it in verse 22 by commanding his soul, by, by, by leading himself into worship. He says, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. The NIV will use the word praise. Most translation uses the word bless. Uh, but but the, idea, uh, the idea here is to delight in the Lord. That's the command. He is telling himself, delight in the Lord. Right? It, it's almost like sometimes uh, we, we know that we love somebody, but it's really hard to love somebody at that moment, right? They're, because of how they're acting or what they're doing. And so we say, well, I love you, and I'm choosing to love you. Now, this is the opposite. This is a problem with our heart, not with God's actions, right, or God's behavior. But this is David going to God and say, bless the Lord. I am telling myself, I'm commanding myself to worship. I'm leading my heart. He's, he's discouraged, he doesn't feel like it, and yet he is leading himself to delight in the Lord. In our lives, our hearts and our emotions and our feelings are powerful drivers, right? I mean, there, there's times that, that we know something is true in our head, but our hearts feel something different, and, and it, it's a battle, it's a struggle. And so David, uh, D- David, David is, is leading his heart in our heads, for us, we'll know in that battle that, that something is true, but our hearts don't feel it. We'll know that God is good. We believe it, but we don't feel it, right? We can't see it. We, 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 will, um, we know that, uh, that God's plan for our lives is better than our plans, but we'll long for God to work out things the way that we want them to work out, right? It's this battle between our heads and our hearts. That, and the Bible gives us warnings, several warnings against, uh, about our hearts. It says that it's foolish. It says that it's, it's deceitful. They're powerful motivators in our lives, but they're deeply impacted by the fall. Proverbs 28.6 says, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. But he who walks wisely will be delivered. Our hearts are foolish or can be foolish. Our hearts can also be deceitful. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. There's a, I, I didn't realize how old this movie was, but there's, um, 10 years ago, right? So that's how old it is. Uh, Fireproof is a movie. Kirk Cameron was, uh, was in the movie, uh, and, and he's a fire captain, and, and there, he's struggling in his marriage. His marriage is falling apart, and there's a scene in the movie where, uh, where one of the other firefighters comes alongside him and encourages him, and he says, this is the line. He says, don't follow your heart because your heart can deceive you. Lead your heart. So David, as he starts out this psalm in Psalm 103, he is leading his heart into worship. He may not feel like it, and he, he, he may not fully desire it, but he is making a choice to choose to worship, and he is following after him. He is leading his heart. He's saying, I don't care how I feel. I will worship the Lord. I will praise the Lord. I will delight in him. Sometimes the best thing that we can do in passionately pursuing Christ is make the choice to worship, 
to lead our, help, our hearts, to deny ourselves and follow him despite how we feel. Sometimes the most powerful act of praise to God is being obedient to what he wants when we don't want to or don't feel like it. Because in that, we are submitting ourselves to God and we're saying, God, you are the Lord of my life and you're the Lord of my life and I'm going to follow you. I don't want this. I don't feel this way, but I'm going to do it because it's what you want. And I desire for you to be honored and praised. So lead your heart. So David starts out the psalm, uh, but, but he doesn't stop there. He commands his soul to delight in the Lord, and he commands his soul to not forget its benefits at the end of verse 2. And so the second thing I want us to think about today is not only lead our hearts to worship, but do not forget how much God loves you and cherishes you. Don't forget how much God loves you and cherishes you. Verses 3 through 5 says, who pardons all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. In these three verses, David is giving five pictures or images of salvation, right? It's an image of his relationship to God. He's using these images to remind himself of how much God loves him and cherishes him. Uh, he's speaking of his sin and of God's forgiveness. In verse 3, he, he says that, that God has forgiven him, that he's pardoned him. Uh, the second half of verse 3, he says he uh, who heals all diseases. David is speaking of his spiritual illness, his, uh, the, the spiritual sickness and disease related to sin. It's the, it's the idea that sin takes life away, right? Sin takes life away. It drags you down. It's a heavy weight. But, but in the Lord, in a relationship with the Lord, he has found healing for his sin, for his sickness, for his illness. In verse four, uh, God has not only saved and forgiven David, but he redeems his life from the pit, right? He has given David purpose and meaning. It's not just, hey, you're saved and one day you get to spend eternity in heaven, right? He's like, no, I've bought you and now you have a reason and now you have a purpose. Now you, now you can find satisfaction in this life. It's more than just our eternal destiny. It's the life that, that he's called us to live now. And so he's redeemed his life uh, from the pit and he crowns him with loving kindness and compassion. Later in the psalm, we'll, we'll get to it, uh, uh, but David is going to marvel how God takes notice of him at all, how God notices man at all. Psalm 8, verse 4 says, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? In verse 5, he says he brings satisfaction in our selfishness, and in our self-centeredness and in our sin, we seek satisfaction in everything the world has to offer, and yet it doesn't satisfy. And so he's finding in a right relationship with the Father, he gives these five images to remind himself to not forget that God loves him and he cherishes him. It's one of those things that's easy to take for granted and it's easy to forget amidst everything else that's happening in our lives, preparing for vacation, uh, running to and from ball pack practice, uh, watching the, uh, the Golden State Warriors beat. I know Carl's shaking his head. This was for you, Carl. I was hoping you would be here today. Um, we get, we get getting up, just getting up and going to work every day. We get caught up in the routines of life and it's easy and all the noise and all the busyness to forget that we have a heavenly father that loves 
us and cherishes us. It's such a basic thing, right? But why do we forget? Why do we forget? Um, Matt Allett over the last, he's Matt Allett serving in the nursery this morning, but, uh, but over the last couple of years as he's preached, he's, several times he said, you got to preach the gospel to yourself every day. Right? We have to remind ourselves that we need Christ every day. It's not a one-time thing that, uh, that okay, I'm good now. Uh, everything's going to be okay. No, we need his help every single day. But I think the other side of it is we need to remind ourselves of the amazingness of the fact that he loves us at all. The amazing fact that he chose us to, uh, to give his life for us. He came from heaven, the glories of heaven. He set it aside that he might come and live among us and live a perfect life that he might die for us because he loves you and he cherishes you. It's a very simple thing just to reflect on the fact that God loves us. And I forget to remember that. Right? When we sing Good, Good Father, Good, Good Father is one of my favorite songs. And it's just because it causes me to remember who I am in Him. Romans 5 8 says, But God demonstrates His own love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. John 3 16, I, I, I tell you, John 3 16 is one of those verses that sometimes you've heard it so many times that, that you lose the power and the majesty of the verse, right? The, the, the greatness in this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. We were not worthy of his love, but he chose to love us. He chose to love you and me. Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 6 says, But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Right? David gives the images of, of his relationship with God the Father, and it's an image of, of somebody that's been forgiven, an image of somebody that's been pardoned and healed and redeemed. You are a child of God, and you are treasured. You're his treasured child, and you're co-heirs with Jesus. He loves you and he cherishes you. Don't forget that. And so when the days you don't feel like it, right? The days, the days that you don't feel like worship, the days you don't feel like doing the things that he asked you to do or doing the things that you know he wants you to do, remember that he loves you and cherishes you. And that's the greatest motivation we can have in passionately pursuing Christ is the fact that we passionately pursue him because he pursued us, because he loves us. Don't lead your heart to worship. Do not forget how much God loves you and cherishes you. Number three is marvel at God's loving kindness to us. Marvel at God's loving kindness. Psalm 103, verses 6 through 18. So this is a long passage. It says, The Lord performs righteous deeds and his judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. And the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. 
For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. And as for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. And when the wind is passed over it, it is no more. And its place acknowledges it no longer. But the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember his precepts to do them. In these verses, David is, he, he's, been, he's been commanding his own soul, right? He's been reminding himself, and he shifts in verse 6, he shifts to, uh, to, from his individual view to a collective view, to a national view of Israel, from, uh, from his individual salvation to God's faithfulness to the nations. And in verse 7, he, he, he considers even the most basic fact that God revealed himself to Moses and to the people of Israel. He showed himself, and he, he told them who he was, that is an amazing loving kindness, an act of compassion and grace. In verse 8, God speaks of, David speaks of God's great compassion and his graciousness, his loving kindness, and God's withholding his wrath and his judgment and his punishment that they deserved. Right Over the years, it, we, we read the Old Testament, and over the years, Israel would, would sin, and God would, God would correct them and bring them back in his loving kindness, and they'd repent, and then they'd sin again, and he would extend grace and compassion to them, and he'd forgive them, and he'd bring them back. And there's this cycle that they mess up, they mess up, they mess up, but God loves them, and he brings them back to them. He brings them back to, them, to himself so that, so that he, they, he shows them loving kindness and grace and compassion over and over he speaks of how willingly, how willingly and quickly and completely God loves his children in verse 12 when he says that, that he removes their sin as far as the east is from the west. It can't get any farther. You can't go any farther. In verse 14, he, he marvels that God is even mindful of them even though they are dust. When you don't feel like doing Whatever it is that God wants you to do, whatever you know that you should do in your life, in following God completely and passionately in obedience, whether, uh, whether that is saying no to temptation, whether that is uh, saying yes to what God is calling you to do, whether that's getting up 15 minutes early to read your Bible, whether that's uh, choosing to come to church on Sunday rather than to go to the zoo, whether that's choosing to give, the Lord, give to the Lord rather than buying yourself another board game. Right? Okay, some of you got it. I appreciate the smiles. When we don't feel like it, we need to marvel at his loving kindness. We need to, we, we need to marvel at his loving kindness and, uh, to us and to all of his children. Because when you don't feel like it, you may be at your most unlovable point, and yet God still loves you. You may be at the point where nobody else wants to be around you, but God still loves you. He showed you grace, showered you with grace and with mercy. 
one of our emphasis uh, this year has been on uh, been on remembering what God has done. And as we we prepare, we're excited for the next for a month, right? A month from today, Pastor Matt uh, will be here and uh, and he'll be preaching, and, and we're excited for that. But as we look forward, we need to remember, we need to look back, and we need to we need to thank God for His faithfulness to us as a church family over the last two years. How He's shown us His loving kindness and His grace, and we need to praise God and bless the Lord with all of our hearts for how he's shown us compassion over the last two years. We have to stand in awe of, of, of how he's worked and draw, drawing people to himself and in challenging us as, as we seek after him and, and what he's done and, uh, and, and, and growing us and challenging us to passionately pursue him. We have to marvel at that because we as individuals and we as a church are undeserving of it because we are but dust. He is everlasting he has been faithful. He has been true and patient and loving, and he has removed our transgressions as far as the east is from the west. Marvel at his loving kindness. And the last thing today, um, the last thing is call others to worship with you. Call others to worship with you, verses 19 through 22. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens. And his sovereignty rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his host, you who serve him doing his will. Bless the Lord, all you works of his, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. David commands the angels... David commands all of creation, every man and woman. Verse 22 says, uh, uh, says all places of his dominion. And verse 19 says he is sovereignly ruling over everything, right? So that means everybody. He's calling everybody. So every man, every woman, and even his own heart to bless the Lord, to praise the Lord, to delight in the Lord. He started out the psalm by not being motivated to worship God and to follow uh, in obedience. And he was leading his heart. He was saying, bless the Lord. I'm going to do this. I choose to do this, even though I don't feel this way. He knows that God desires all creation to worship him and to find satisfaction. And he ends by calling others to worship with him. One of the, uh, the Christian life is not one that, in which we should walk alone. We talk about community as a, as a key uh, core value here at Mount Calvary Church. And, and it, we are not meant to go through the Christian life alone because there are days when we don't feel like it and we need others to call us to worship and to follow in obedience. One of the great blessings over the last two years has been a small group of guys uh, who agreed to get together every other week at 6 a.m., we don't all get there at 6 a.m., uh, but, but most, most every other week we, we get together. And, and there are days that I don't want to get up. It's 6 a.m. early. It's 6 a.m. to be here, right? So it means I got to get up earlier than that to drive here. There are other days that I'm excited to be here. And usually in our small group of guys that, uh, that have been meeting, there's one of us that needs encouragement that day. 
It's one of the, I, there are days, it's been a long week and I don't look forward to going, but, but then I walk away and I'm just so thankful for a group of guys that just agree to get together where we can talk and share and pray together about what's going in our lives, what, fa- what we're facing, the challenges in our faith uh, that, that we're struggling with that week and hear what God is doing uh, in our lives and hear what God is teaching. Sometimes I need others to call me to worship because I don't feel like it. And so I'll lead my heart, but then other times my job is to call others to follow, call others to worship. And by being in community and relationship with other believers, God helps lead my heart to follow after him. And sometimes in this life, you just don't want to do what you know you should do. You're tired, right? You're tired, you're, you're, you're hurting, you're angry, you're bitter, you've not forgiven, or you're holding on to some sin in your life and you're desperately fighting God over something. There's a lot of reasons why we don't want to, but we have to make a choice. When you don't want to passionately pursue Christ, you have to make a choice to lead your heart. You have to make a choice to not forget that you are God's loved and cherished child. As far as you have walked away from him, he still loves you and he still cherishes you. He treasures you. You need to marvel and remember God's loving kindness. And you need to call others to worship. There are days that we don't want to. Passionately pursuing Christ is not an easy thing. Scripture calls us to deny ourselves daily, to take up our cross and to follow him. Some days you don't feel like it. Other days you can never imagine not feeling like it. And I wish it wasn't that roller coaster ride up and down, right? I wish that it was just like, okay, God, I want to be here and I just want to stay up here. But the reality is I come down and I need others to call me to worship and I need to choose to worship. And then there's other days when I'm riding high that I need to call others to worship. So some days you don't feel like it. But in all those days, God is good and he loves us and he cherishes us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God and Lord, you are good. Lord, I am thankful for your loving kindness and your compassion and your mercy that you've showered upon us. Lord, as a church family, Lord, how you've carried us through these last two years. Lord, how you've taught us and you've drawn us our eyes to you. Lord, how you've reminded us of the amazing uh, gospel. Lord, how you, you came because you loved us to die for us, that we might have salvation and forgiveness, but Lord, that we might have life and life in abundance in following after you. God, I thank you for being a good, good father, for being sovereign over all things. Lord, for being patient and slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. Lord, I pray today, Lord, you'd help us this today or this week, if we don't feel like it, remind us, send others into our lives to remind us of what you've done and who we are in you. God, I thank you. I thank you for the amazing grace that you bestow upon us every single day. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.